Welcome to this episode of Electrical Wholesaling's Around the Circuit podcast. I'm Ellie Coggins, Associate Editor for EW, and in this episode, which is sponsored by Epicor, I'm speaking with Editor-in-Chief Jim Lucy about this year's biggest electrical distributors. This year's ranking consists of the 150 largest distributors of electrical supplies, which is down from the 200 companies EW had been ranking for more than 10 years due to the acquisition activity over the past year and a lower response rate than usual to our annual survey. You can also visit www.ewweb.com to download the full list and analysis, which is also sponsored by Epicor. So to go ahead and get us started, Jim, um, are there any big surprises that you saw this year um, in the top 150? Yeah, I, I think perhaps the the uh, biggest surprise is in, you know, certainly the past uh, 12 months have been certainly very uncertain economic climate but there was quite a bit of investment that uh, distributors were putting into their companies, uh, uh, specifically in the areas of both uh, branch expand, opening new branches, relocating branches in some case, and also investing in their computer operations, whether it was the, uh, a full grade, uh, full implementation of a new ERP system, very often also uh, new websites as well. So there was a lot more investment that I would have thought I probably had in my mind that might have been a year of kind of battening down the hatches just until the, the economy COVID subsided after we got a handle on it. But it, yeah, I think that was the main thing, the amount of companies that were putting you know, money into uh, opening up branches. Uh, for example, we had uh, City Electric responded that they opened up at least 19 new branches. Uh, wow. That was by far the most. Um, Elliott Electric Supply opened up six branches. Uh, we had a company in Ohio, uh, the Pepco, uh, East Lake, Ohio, run by the Borky family. Um, opened up a number of new branches. They actually took over the operations of the left, uh, left electric branches, and they did a, quite a bit of other types of, uh, just to kind of give an example of, of this company, which I thought it probably of anyone that had responded had done, probably invested the most into their business. And they, they opened up a new we, we, uh, retail website. They, they had 25 employees, they added some trucks to their vehicle fleet. Uh, they did, did some uh, expanded their engineering capabilities, streamlined warehouse operations, uh, hired someone to uh, facility manage to cover all the new locations and added a tool truck to to do on-site uh, demos. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, so sounds like despite the kind of crazy 2020 we had, there were definitely a lot of big surprises. Yes, for sure. Um, and, you know, just going back to how crazy that 2020 was, I mean, between COVID, everything, um, I think I think that probably you mentioned this between us like that it probably led to some of the the lower response rate than usual in the annual survey. Um, but do you find that a lot of companies or certain companies are particularly optimistic in their sales forecast as we're heading into 2021? Yeah, oh, yeah, that was um, very definitely for some of the or the companies that had responded with their uh, their growth uh, expectations. Uh, we saw at least ten companies that were anticipating growth of more than twenty percent. We, I, I, we were logged in about 17, 18 companies that were looking at growth of 10 to 15 percent. And, and those are pretty impressive numbers because the average growth rate for a, a distributor annual growth rate is usually between four and eight percent. So nothing crazy, nothing too high, nothing too low, but just kind of solid but steady growth. So once you start seeing companies and uh, looking at double digit growth, that, that's, that's kind of interesting. Uh, the average growth rate for our respondents was about 12%. You have to kind of consider too that those uh, big growth rates, they may, in many cases, some of these companies could have, could have been down about that much uh, in uh, 2020 because of the uh, COVID crisis. So, but I think overall, very optimistic uh, business climate that our, our, our readers are, were forecasting. With Wesco and Annexer, you know, now one big company ranked number one in this year's top 150, um, what impact do you think that's gonna have on the industry? 
you know, it, it's going to be pretty fascinating to watch. I mean, if you consider their uh, total combined operations, you know, they're, they're checking in at uh, around 12 billion sales, I believe. And if you consider their global operations, it's uh, several billion more. Uh, one of the things that uh, they really bring to the party, so to speak, with the acquisition of Annexter, obviously the, the world's largest wire and cable specialist, they had a very heavy focus in uh, voice data type systems. So all the low voltage wiring security uh, computer network, anything entirely in that realm. Wesco had always been strong in that. They had acquired a number of companies over the years over that, uh, that were into the big commercial type uh, voice data video or VDB as we call it system. So they're going to be uh, really a formidable player in the voice data for sure. Um, the other area that they'll be particularly big is um, before the Wesco acquisition, Annexer had acquired HD supplies utility segment. At that time, they were about a billion in sales and they were the biggest utility specialist out there. Uh, the interesting thing there as well is that uh, Wesco had always been a really big player in utilities, both through their own operations and through some acquisitions that they've made over the years. So they are gonna be a giant player in uh, utility as well. I mean, Wesco is always, they, in addition to the utility, in addition to the waste data video, they were always very big in the uh, large project business. So that was something that they'll, they'll continue on for sure. But I, th I think that I also that I found out from our, you know, our survey returns from Wesco, if you look at some of the different types of projects that we see coming down the, the pike, and you know, some of them are, could be related depending on how the infrastructure bill uh, checks out. But they were we asked them right now as the uh, proposals are out there, uh, the big big money being spent on electric vehicles, national charging network, big money being planned to be spent on. Uh, the increasing the uh, fast broadband, uh, national broadband access, uh, that was big. Also, the, uh, the grid, the, there's a lot of talk now about the hardening of the grid, the expansion, retrofitting the nation's electrical grid. Uh, those are all areas that Wesco said that they would think that's going to be a big impact on their business. Whereas in contrast, many of the other distributors out there, they did not see those as areas of uh, big expansion for them. For them, um, and as well as Wesco also mentioned, but there is some language in the bill where there would be a lot of investment in both the retrofit of commercial and residential buildings for uh, mm -hmm. retrofit for uh, new energy, make more energy efficient. So, uh, yeah. So I think if if any of those parts of that infrastructure bill pay off, and if they are uh, going to get into them as much as they are, would expect to, that could be a pretty major impact on the market as well. So you mentioned that Wesco they're probably gonna have their, their hands in a lot of different areas of that Biden infrastructure um, plan should that go through. Um, and you mentioned that a lot of the other top 150 distributors did not feel the same way. Were there certain categories that were maybe more prevalent, people mentioned more being involved in, or was it kind of across the board, maybe maybe not a lot of movement? Uh, it was, it was as I uh, mentioned, there were, were a couple of, um, there were, there's some language in the bill where there would be some investment in uh, commercial buildings or, you know, office buildings, uh, uh, stores, retail, like to make them more energy efficient. Also homes where uh, to individual homeowners, it sounds like there might be some money available if people uh, did some things, whether it be insulation, new windows, perhaps solar uh, installation on there. So they saw that as being a possibility. Uh, the other area that did gain some uh, interest amongst our uh, other independent respondents was in the uh, investment in uh, federal buildings and VA hospitals, veterans administration hospitals, that they saw those as uh, possibilities there. Gotcha. And then we obviously talked about Wesco and Annexer being, being probably well, the biggest acquisition of 2020. Um, are there any other acquisitions? Because we mentioned that was one reason perhaps that we went down from um, top 200 to top 150. Any sure. other acquisitions that caught your attention and that you think people should be aware of? Yeah, very definitely. Uh, one of the other big ones is, is actually 
kind of a new uh, new concept. Uh, it's the supply chain equity partners uh, uh, bought Electric Supply of Tampa that, that's run by the uh, Adams family. Uh, it's very interesting uh, acquisition. Supply chain equity partners get some of their funding from uh, several very well-known uh, former CEOs, presidents of electrical distributors who had sold their family businesses, but want to, as a group, want to reinvest in, in back into the industry. So they, they're uh, led by a fellow, Jim Miller is the uh, one of the uh, founders of Supply Chain Equity Partners, a well-known guy in the merger and acquisition game. And he is kind of working with these other distributors to find other companies that are interested in having a group like this. So you basically have a gosh, about eight, nine, maybe 10 different distributors sort of on a board that can help them uh, with their operations. And uh, I think that's good. I, I, they will be an interesting one to watch to see who else they might uh, acquire there. Uh, that was that was certainly the big, I mean, Graybar made an acquisition of a Richmond electric supply in um, Richmond, Kentucky. That it was another interesting. Uh, Van Meter increased their uh, share of Werner Electric Supply out of Minnesota. They had ordered, uh, they had a partial uh, equity stake in there. They've completed that. They own the, the complete company now, I believe. Yeah, another one in New England that was a pretty big acquisition was uh, Grand Electric Supply uh, acquired a base electric supply. Very well-known family-run company in there. It had a number of different branches uh, around the Brockton area. They're now located in West Bridgewater, Massachusetts. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good sized company as well. And I think I did mention previously that uh, Pepco out of the, the Borky family's company out of East Lake Village, Ohio, had acquired some of the uh, branches of the Left Electric uh, slash uh, Amp Electrical uh, operation in, more into the Cleveland area. Yeah, the other uh, two other big ones I should mention as well is that uh, Kendall Electric bought uh, Rumsey Electric. And they're the biggest uh, independent distributor in uh, Philadelphia. So that, that's certainly big news in, in that metropolitan area. And the other really big one too was uh, Omni Cable, bought Houston Wire and Cable, which, which was another big one in the wire and cable business. So yeah, I think those were some of the real, the big ones. Uh, there was a, the other one I should mention, it was interesting maybe on a, a smaller scale, uh, but still very interesting. Uh, Joe Kell is a company based out of the uh, Newport News, Norfolk area. And they bought uh, Pacific Parts and Controls, a control specialist, all the way across the coast in the California. So I thought that was kind of an interesting move. But Joe Kell gets very involved with uh, government contracts, uh, naval co retrofit of naval mm -hmm. bases, and some of the things in the uh, controls market. So uh, that would be interesting as well to keep an eye on, I think. So, so very clearly a lot of movement on the acquisition front in 2020. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very, very much so. It's, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, too, when you, if you look at the uh, five largest distributors, uh, which and several of them were very active acquisitions, you've got Wesco, Sonapar, Graybar, CED, and uh, Rexel. And they account, if you'll take their sales, uh, about 36% of the $113 billion in sales in the US and Canada. So um, yeah, that's, I mean, it's a very big chunk for five companies. But if you think oh, that yeah. you know, when you look at it like that, and you say, okay, that's still 65% of the sales is still by some of the uh, you know, smaller companies. Uh, this, this year's list, as I mentioned, we uh, we had to cut it back down to uh, 150 companies, and most of those companies range. They're down you know, from the very big, the multi-billion dollar, or down to the uh, down to about 15 to maybe 12 million in sales for some of the uh, the smaller ones. But they're still all, uh, although a bit smaller, very important players in their individual markets uh, for sure. Very strong, very strong. Uh, you know, vibrant companies. Uh, to say the least there. So yeah, so it was a, you know, it was, it was a change for us. We've, have, as we mentioned, we ranked 200 companies for so long. It just seemed like that was the number. And, uh, but I had to, I have to look back. I remember when we first, uh, back in the eighties and nineties, we had uh, 250 companies that we had ranked. And I guess the concept of that was, is that 
uh, back in the days when we were owned by McGraw Hill, a lot of it was, oh, people always focused in the business community in general, focused on the Fortune 500. They had a ranking of the 500 biggest companies. And we say, well, we're not going to do 500, but we could do half that. How about 250 companies? So they, uh, mm -hmm. it started out in the 70s where they, our editors ranked 100. When I came aboard and would help a bit on the process, we went to 250. We stayed at that number for uh, quite some time, and uh, we had to did cut it back. But uh, part of the thing with the acquisitions, too, is we have a database of every acquisition that we've reported on since basically the 1980s. We have over 600 companies in that over the past uh, five years or so. Was there, there was at least 20 companies, probably closer to 25 to 30, actually, of companies that would be uh, that were definitely either on the top 200 or would be mm -hmm. uh, big enough by sales to be ranked there. So eventually, uh, it, it was maybe time to uh, we thought it might be time just to trim it down a little bit, just so we'd have a, a bigger, better representation representation of what's going on in the industry. And the other thing is, uh, I mentioned too, in a down year, we, we occasionally do have some. Uh, challenges with getting people to respond. They're not as uh, probably as likely or as willing to uh, talk about their revenue, uh, you know, what revenue they had in the past year. So uh, we, we respect that. We're, I'm actually kind of surprised, you know, when I look over the years, these for the most part are privately held companies. We have a handful of public ones. And the fact that we're able to get people to provide us the information and either for publication ranked or for play, they'll say, hey, we'll uh, we'll just rank, we use my numbers just to rank, don't publish the number itself. We're certainly glad mm -hmm. to do that too. So uh, it's a project that we are big believers in. Also, we're very appreciative of the fact that uh, Epicor is sponsoring it again this year. So it'll be an ongoing project. And I don't see us having to cut it back to, to 100 or anything else in the very near future. We've got a good, strong representation of companies that we can work off of to uh, put together a listing of 150 distributors. Well, that's that's certainly good to hear. And I think our listeners will really enjoy that, that little history lesson on it if they didn't already know it. I know I found that one interesting. So just, just a couple questions left, but um, jumping into the next one, based on this year's survey responses, um, did you find that distributors were investing a lot in their online storefronts um, to help them compete with web merchants and other online competitors or not so much? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, you know, people, distributors definitely, they have been investing in their storefront. A lot of it is because they see an Amazon or an Amazon-like type of company that is trying to get their electrical contract or other customers to buy uh, but I think a lot of it is just, it's really more of a um, customer focus. They know that customers, you know, are getting more and more comfortable wanting to buy online, uh, but they, those co companies may not necessarily be doing all their shopping on Amazon supply or, uh, you know, one of the other companies that maybe is going on a more of a direct approach to, to try to get through to, uh, you know, distributors, uh, primary customers. So, so yeah, but it's, a, you know, it's, it's a sizable task. I mean, they can certainly, by setting up a, an online storefront, not only setting it up, but maintaining it with the right people and uh, promoting it and making sure the uh, everything's accurate on there and that they can uh, turn things around the fast. You know, it could be a pretty sizable investment. So uh, I can't say that people are uh, you know shying away from it, but the ones that are aggressively going after it, it it's, it's a big it's a big part of the operation. It's, we still see the actual um, rates if you take their total sales and what percent come through the uh, uh, digital online storefront, what kind of percent of the orders flow through that. They're still fairly low. I mean, you don't see many companies that get over 20% of their sales are coming in strictly through the online storefront. They're still, um, they might be coming into the counter area. They might be calling and having just ordering over the phone. So uh, I think the distributors are you know, respectful of how the customers want. And the, the other thing is such a major factor is that such a huge chunk of the business is what is from electrical contractors. And for many companies, it could be 40, 50% easily is the electrical contractor that's uh, is their primary customer there. So it's all going to be dependent on what their buying habits are. I mean, distributors are 
going to be, you know, they're, they're redoing thinking their operations on how to get the, the product there, uh, not only ordered through, but the fact that just con contracts are going to track it, where is that truck, they want to locate, they're really kind of, are kind of expecting to whatever, when they do place it on an order, they want to be able to track it and get the turnaround time that they can, uh, whether it's, you know, through an Amazon or like a, you have a delivery in UPS, you can track the truck, you know, in many cases they want to say, hey, where is that order, there's, I don't want it to get tried up, you know, tied up in traffic or something like that. So it's a big challenge, but there's certainly a lot of companies that are, uh, that are going into it in a big way. Awesome. And then um, lastly, did you find that any um, of the top 150 were getting involved in any interesting big construction projects? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's been, um, gosh, that was kind of the, one of the fun parts of this listing for sure. Uh, that We saw, uh, gosh, you see some of the real high profile jobs, uh, Lone Star Electric Supply out of Houston, for instance, has got a very active branch in the Austin area, and they were involved with uh, the uh, Tesla plant down there. The Apple's building a new uh, cool. facility down there um, in Las Vegas. There's this, uh, I've got to see it. It's, it's called the Sphere, and it's like a perform kind of a performance venue, I guess you might call it, but they project all the photo, you know, the images and videos all over the screen. But a company, uh, Nedco, was one of the, I believe the biggest, I'm pretty positive, the biggest independent distributor in Nevada. Uh, they're getting involved with that. Uh, multiple distributors were getting involved with the uh, Amazon distribution warehouses, which are popping up uh, all over the place. Uh, I, I know the folks at uh, Turtle and Hughes, you know, they've got big operations on, along the uh, middle Atlantic states, in New Jersey, New York, also up into Boston. They're also in Houston and the coast, uh, but they're looking at offshore wind. That was something that came up, but there's those offshore wind projects that are winding their way through the approval process off of New Jersey and New York, uh, a little bit of New England down to Virginia. Uh, they expect to be getting involved with those. So, so yeah, it was really, I found that really pretty fascinating. Even at a time when the construction market was definitely an off year, some of the high profile types of projects that uh, our readers, electrical wholesaling readers, and uh, were getting involved with, well, it was pretty cool. It was, it was good to see. Yeah, and it sounds like you've gotten yourself a, a couple places you might want to add on your to-visit list now that, that COVID restrictions are lifting up with the sphere. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, that was that one. That one kind of caught my eye because I, I mean, it just seemed it's so it's so Vegas. I mean, and I could just kind of imagine what the thing what, what it'll look like, uh, and what that what Vegas must be, what it will be like as uh, people want to go out and do Vegasy sorts of things. You know, once they're uh, feeling more comfortable traveling. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for for taking some time. I know this is a little different. You know, we're back to doing our, our little Q and A's just between the two of us. Um, but I just want to also say thank you to our listeners for tuning into this Q and A with um, Jim Lucy about the top 150. Um, again, if you want to download the full article and rankings, you can do that at www.ewweb.com. This episode of Around the Circuit is sponsored by Epicor. Of course, features our wealth of information on the top 50 from editor in chief Jim Lucy and is edited by me. It is also produced by Endeavor Business Media. Have a great day and thanks again for listening.